Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that gives you just one life-affirming page of Talmud each day. Today on our page, Shabbat 105, I came across a sentence that gave me pause. It's very brief, and I will read it in Hebrew first. One who rends his garment in his anger or in anguish over his dead relative is exempt from the punishment for performing forbidden melacha or labor on Shabbat. When I read this sentence, it took me back to one of the most um, really astounding pieces that I read recently in the New York Times. It is my pleasure to welcome its author today. He is a comedian, a writer, a Renaissance man. Hello to you, my friend, Eitan Levine. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me on. So, you know, your comedian, uh, your piece was very funny in a heartbreaking way. Its title is Burying My Bubby During the Pandemic. I'd like to ask you to read just one quick segment from it, the, the one that really gave me uh, a kick in the stomach. The, the basic thing that happened was that my grandmother passed away of coronavirus in the beginning of April. Um, because of obvious uh, restrictions, you know, with social distancing and hospitals kind of being like a, you know, just covered in this virus. So we weren't able to say goodbye to her face to face. So what happened was that, you know, we say goodbye to her on a conference call. So this is uh, sort of what happened. So this is from my article. Uh, the nurse got back on the phone and told us she had placed the receiver by my bubby. I listened as my mother said the Shema for my bubby to hear one last time. I told her I was sorry that she had to go like this. I said I loved her, cried a lot, told her I loved her again, and said she was the smartest person I'd ever met. And then I heard my mom say, we'll never forget all the lessons you told us. We thank the nurse for taking the time to extend our family this courtesy in the height of the pandemic. Then the call ended, and I was alone again in my New York apartment. Miles away from my family, I hadn't seen in months, isolated, wiping tears off my face with a t-shirt I had next to my bed. I wasn't even wearing pants when it all happened. The call woke me up, so I was still in bed without pants on. Right before I answered the call, I ran to put a shirt on because I thought it would be a nice thing for Bubby. Like she would have wanted me to say goodbye with at least a buttoned-down shirt. <laughs> so this is so funny. And yet at the same time, I'm I'm sort of in tears because, you know, this this weird moment in which you're forced to say goodbye in this way that, you know, flies in the face of, of everything that's, you know, traditional Judaism and everything that's human. So... Eitan, when you read a line like this line today in the Talmud that says basically, hey man, uh, at your time of mourning, we understand if you're going to break a few rules. We understand that you may be angry, that you may be in anguish. Having had this horrendous experience and having written about it so candidly, does this resonate with you? My whole take on that is that uh, the Torah, I think, is best digested or best uh uh, kind of spread amongst the masses when it's, you know, it's looked at not only as a rule book, but as a human book. So to me, this sentence uh, resonates as the Torah being like, hey, like this is, you know, we should aspire to make sure things are done a certain way. But at the end of the day, you know, uh, people are people and they shouldn't be faulted for being people. I think it also talks to the imperfection of I, just my personal uh, story. Uh, you know, so much of burying my bubby was done you know, like we had to get a last second rabbi who didn't really know our family. You know, I, I'm sure she was in the casket, but, you know, our family never identified the body. And um, if I'm not mistaken, that's uh, part of 
just the Jewish burial process is identifying the body and having someone who knew or someone from, you know, just someone new identifying her. And we weren't able to do that because we couldn't open up the casket at any point because of the virus. And you write in the piece that the men who carried the casket were wearing hazmat suit, like a scene out of Chernobyl on HBO. Yeah, no, that was angry. It came out of nowhere. We're just standing. It, we were going to the to the hole, to the, the body hole or whatever. And uh, they were just like, wait here. And then when we were way there, all of a sudden, these like, you know, six or eight guys in hazmat suits, uh, you know, had to take her to the hole. So, you know, so I, I you know, the rabbi, I, this line got cut from the article, but I had a line about how uh, the rabbi gave the, like the Torah equivalent of saying, you know, the show must go on. And that was how, um, you know, and that was kind of how we, bu- we buried her was, you know, you have to do what you got to do. And you're a comedian. I mean, you're you're a very funny person whose you Thank know you. whose method of of you know dealing with the world is by you know quips and and jokes. Um, and yet, I assume that there was a moment there when you were in bed in, in which I mean, none of that seemed as you could probably find the humor the way you did when when you wrote the article. The entire process was so 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 strange. Like we didn't talk. You know, in the beginning of the article, I talk about how. I woke up essentially to this phone call that was going to be like, you know, the last conversation with my grandmother. And, you know, I'm not a big crier at all, but you know, you get a phone call at the first thing you hear in the morning is, uh, you know, is my mom going, uh, we have a nurse that's going to bring the phone in to your grandmother's room. Uh, you know, this is nurse Amanda. And then all of a sudden I'm talking to this nurse named Amanda, who is like, uh, you know, you know, we're going to go in there. We're going to put the phone by her and then you can say whatever you need to say. Uh, is that okay? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, okay, great. I'm going to put on PPE now. I'll put you on hold one second. Um, and then she put us on hold. But the problem is that the hospital's on hold music was like upbeat jazz. So <laughs> like all of a sudden I, so I'm like crying during this and listening to my mom, like, you know, either breathe heavily or cry on the other end of the line. And it's just like underscored to this, like, like elevator music. <laughs> and then like every 20 seconds, it felt like every 20 seconds, this voiceover would come on and just be like, coronavirus is a very serious issue. Make sure to wash your hands and stay six feet socially distanced. Coronavirus is a very serious issue. Make sure to wash your hands. And, you know, just it was that cycle over and over and over. And I just, you know, it, we, I was waiting for it took a while for him to put on that PPE the entire time. I'm like sitting there going from crying to like kind of giggling at like just how absurd you know, this whole thing was. And then when we buried my grandma, wondering who the monster was who chose this awful music. Oh yeah. It was literally like, I remember thinking like who decided that the best on hold music for the hospital of all places was a groovy baseline and a fun trumpet. Like whoever made that decision made the wrong decision. And that was, I think the first time they realized that it was like kind of silly. Uh, what was happening? And then, um, you know, at the funeral itself, we had to get that last second, like rental rabbi. Uh, so, <laughs> I joked at the funeral. I was like, where do we get this guy? Task rabbi? And no one laughed at that joke. Uh, it, it went very, no one wanted to hear that joke at that point. Uh, you know, and then the rabbi who gave the, the speech, you know, he's, he didn't know our family. So he started it off by literally going like, oh, we're here today to bury, uh, oh man, what's her name? One second. And then he was just like flipping through pages, trying to find. <laughs> He's like, "Oh, here it is, uh, Miriam Bot Leia." Play, but her play. name is Leia Bot Miriam. <laughs> Leia Bot Miriam. He's like, "Leia Bot Miriam, what a loss!" Like, just he would correct himself. He would overcorrect himself 
So he wouldn't acknowledge he was being corrected. He would just yell the new information, and it kept on happening like that <laughs> as we as the, the funeral was going on. Uh, you know, we just be, he would just be like, she had a life in Poland wiped out by the Holocaust. She's from Czechoslovakia. A life in Czechoslovakia <laughs> erased by the Holocaust. And uh, you know, that's that's how that's how it sort of happened. That's that's how my grandmother got buried. Well, Eitan, you know, the rabbis may have given us permission to anger and anguish, but you gave us permission to laugh, which in my book is much greater. Thank you so much for being our guest. Anytime. Thank you for having me. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Magazine. If you enjoy this show, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes, Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafiomi. I'm your host, Leah Liebowitz. Our producer is Josh Cross, and our editor is Paul Ruest. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone, or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic, and we'll see you again soon.